Good evening, we are live, 8.35, apologies for the five-minute delay. Uh, welcome, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, the people who watch on YouTube, we do see your comments come in uh, earlier than when the show goes live. And Michael B, I think this is a very, very harsh comment on EJ. EJ and Grok as well, who are part of the rotation, uh, are very, very good contributors in their own right. So uh, now Tiggs, Tiggs will be back next week. I'll talk a bit more about that later. But um, no, we just thought a bit of a laugh. How are we, gents? Hi, AJ. How are we going? How are we going, Captain? I don't like football. I'm over it. I'm not interested this year. Blood 17. You know what? Let's start with a bloodbath, shall we? Right. Oh, fire oh. away. Right. Tom Lynch. My bloodbath is a Tom Lynch. I'll tell you something. I'm sick of this prick. Right? I'm sick of Tom Lynch not being able to hold a lead. At half, at three quarter time, Tom Lynch was eight goals straight, 48. Hawthorne were five goals, 10-40. He was eight points up on Hawthorne going into the last quarter, and the weak prick couldn't even hold a lead and beat Hawthorne on his own. So you know what, Tom? You're a weakest piss, mate. That was a shit effort. Do better. Do better. Do better. Uh, no, it's um, – yeah, I'm sure we'll get to the game shortly. But before we get into uh, into our game, uh, Phil Egan was meant to be with us tonight. He still might be joining in. So if we do see Phil pop up, we will 100% add him straight into the chat. So keep your eye out there. But – uh, I think we do have to have a laugh at Carlton's expense quickly as well, because as we all know, as Richard supporters <laughs> on the social media, um, the Blues have been chirping quite a bit throughout the year after they knocked us off. And to be fair, they were playing pretty good footy and they were in the four and it was their year. And um, we called it a few weeks ago, EJ, and I think you were on board as LCB, that it could all come crumbling down very quickly for them based on their fixture, uh, and what a sight to behold in the last 10 seconds to give it away to Cosy Pickett. I, I just want to say, for the record, I tried to get, and Michael's confirmed, I tried to get a call-up of that game in the morning, and EJ was on board, but we just couldn't quite make all the planets align, and it just feels like an opportunity lost that how we could have finished that broadcast off would have been just one of the all-time great things. But, <laughs> As I saw the result, all I could imagine was all of us squealing like little schoolgirls about the result and just going nuts. It would have been hilarious. It was wild. Um, I'd actually resign myself. I'd resign myself to the fact that Carlton were playing finals. I was I was at peace with the world. I was okay with it. And then Cosy bobbed up, and I reckon I cheered pretty bloody loud, dancing around the lounge room. Bloody fantastic! It was like. They had it, and then they blew it. Like, they, they had it, and then they blew it. It was so good. It was so damn good. It was actually it was actually the perfect weekend of football if you're a Tiger fan. Carlton lost. Collingwood lost. Essendon got, may as well not have shown up. Finn Lason looked good against them. That's how bad they were. Uh, and we obviously got over the line. Perfect. Um, now, before we get stuck into it, I, I do also want to say a big thank you to all the listeners and viewers this is kind of a mini celebration show of sorts. And I know that might sound a bit funny because I know the job's only half done, but to lock ourselves into finals after some of the results we had during the year was pretty tough. And uh, like all the listeners, we fronted up week after week to have a bit of a therapy session, talk ourselves through it, try and make ourselves feel better about the whole situation. Um, and it's not possible without you guys listening. So it's a great result for, I suppose, us as a show and you as listeners to be able to enjoy a couple of wins on the trot and obviously lock in that final spot. So thank you. I suppose, for sticking firm with this and for helping us get through it as much as we helped you. 
All right. With that, we will... Uh, oh, here we go. That's Michael. Good call. The text messages from Carlton supporter mates have stopped. You had an episode like that, CB, but on the Essendon front, wasn't it? No, no, no. Mine was a Carlton mate, but... Um, it was Carlton as well. He's needed us for 20 weeks, been a flog, memes, you name it. We went hard at him for 24 hours, and I swear he was nearly going to um, leave all chat rooms, the whole lot, so we had to back off on him. So... Um, <laughs> But like I said, mate, there's still uh, part two, part two to occur this Sunday. And um, for the record, we are trying to get a death ride call up this Sunday of Carlton versus Collingwood. I'm being serious. So <laughs> if you don't want to listen to Channel 7 commentary, um, we may do the ultimate troll call and um, have a bit of fun on Sunday while we're in finals. Yeah, that is not a joke. We, um, yeah, that is deadly serious. If we can, if the stars can align, and you do want to watch the game to see the uh, final outcome for the Blues, you may be able to do it with us. Like we don't care about like, really whoever loses, loses. But yeah. it could be glorious if the result goes the way we want it. Uh, yeah. And Grock, yeah, I, mean, I mean, if Carlton are good enough to win, we will, of course, on the call, congratulate them for a fine effort. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, but 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 for the for the hundred nineteen minutes before the final siren goes. It's it's open slather. <laughs> if they if they win, we'll probably just hit end broadcast straight away. Won't even die about the rest of it. Just shut it off. Uh, Grok, this is an amazing point. The Blues may be the only side in VFL AFL history to be in the top eight for twenty two weeks and drop out of the finals race in the last week. That would be some type of story. Let's hold on to that nugget for uh, for this weekend. They're sweating on a drug scandal or something, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah, you stealing you stealing my lines. I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> As you get to steal my bloodbath last week, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Tigs will be on. So Monday night in the bye week, we are doing a trade special. Um, we might get some of the regulars in as well because I'm sure there'll be plenty to discuss and questions from the audience about not only trades but about the season and finals and things like that. So, uh, yeah, make sure we all tune in for, for Monday this week coming. But we'll get cracking into the game. Uh, I think he's on SCN today. Oh, his second home. Huge news. Jeremy Cameron's done a hamstring. Really? Oh, yeah, we don't wish him so... on any of them, but that's interesting for the for the cats, isn't it? Meow. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll get stuck into our game because there's quite a bit to talk about. A lot of a lot of love to give for the Tiger players. Richmond, 20 goals, 8, if you don't mind. 128 defeated Hawthorne, 9-13, 67 by 61 points. Lynch kicked eight, eight straight, mind you. Uh, I was trying to work out when the last time a player who kicked eight goals didn't register a behind, but I was struggling with my research. So if someone knows that, feel free to tell me. Uh, Cumberland, two. Edwards, two. Prestia, two. Morris Rioli, Jr., two. Bolton, two. Castagna, Cochin, and Miller with one apiece. Uh, EJ, thoughts on the game? Um, oh, look, it was it was very pleasing. Just And a little bit of a, a tidbit, uh, with Lynch with the eight goals. Uh, is the first person in the 18-team era to kick eight goals in a match on the MCG. Oh, very good. There you go. Um, look, if you look at the numbers, and, and CB was telling me oh, it was different at the, at the game, and I was a late withdrawal for actually going, but it's amazing what happens when you kick straight. Because if you look at the numbers up until half-time, Apart from sort of time in forward half, the numbers were reasonably even. Um, we didn't ever look like we we're uh, not in control, though. Um, 
And that quarter, that third quarter, was a quarter for the ages. I think it was something like 12 inside 50s, nine goals. So our sharpness and our cleanness is back. And I think CB said something the other day about it was like a, a switch was flicked halfway through the Brisbane game and we carried it on really well. There's a lot, lot, of, lot of different people to highlight individually, but it was a, a very satisfying uh, team performance. Which we, we will definitely get to. Uh, we will t- touch on a few players individually. But uh, CB, the, the first 10 minutes, I, I won't lie, had me a little bit worried. We were getting a lot of inside 50s, but we were just butchering it. And um, I was waiting for that easy, unanswered goal from Hawthorne to kickstart him. But we held firm and, and got on with it. Honestly, being at the game, we never looked not in control. Like, that was a very controlled performance. But the one thing I'll say was... What I wanted to see before finals was a real power performance. Like I wanted to see us put a team away and do it in a brutal fashion. And um, the fact that we were able to achieve that against Hawthorne, um, our improvement week on week is we're uh, lifting. And that was the performance I wanted to see. I wanted to see us smash a team. And that's exactly what we did. And I could not be um, happier. You're right. And, you know, there's people out there who say, yeah, it was just Hawthorne. And, you know, there's maybe a small element of that, but when you look at our performances over the course of the year, like you said, we've not been able to put a side away. We've gotten leads, we've blown 30-point leads, we've done everything but actually nail someone. Uh, and I think all of us were just really looking for that comprehensive victory to actually show that, yeah, we've got our shit together. Um, and, you know, that to me, that, that showed some really positive signs. And as I sort of tweeted a couple of times, to be able to be this far out from finals, and play a positive brand of football and reinforce good things, good running patterns, um, it's invaluable. Yeah. Um, one of the points in the comments was something that I had written down. I reckon uh, I had it written down too, but go on. MRJ? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do it, you do it, you do it. Oh. Morris Rioli Jr. Jr. has generated 113 points from turnover. How many games has he played? It's the one. Right. He's played a handful of games. He's number one in the AFL from points generated from turnovers in that amount of games. His pressure is insane. Uh, You can hear it on the telecast. Again, I'm disappointed not to be there. The only issue with this now is the crowd know what's happening and they're warning the opponent. You can hear the roar (laughs) rise up as he's chasing players. It's amazing. Awesome. It's awesome to Morris. watch. He is never, ever to be the sub again. That's Mor- it. Morris, Morris Riol is like um, the closest way I can describe his game is like Byron Pickett. People, they just do not see him coming. For, for however it works out, like they just don't see Morris Riol Jr. coming and he just drills them. And it is so good to watch. Um, he's a special kid. And again, well done Byron. to the. Um, recruiting team to get this kid in because um, he's fantastic. Love him. And Warren, to your point too, like I, I know we've obviously just spoken about his pressure, which is absolutely unbelievable, but uh, I know it's an isolated kick, but that kick from the back half to hit Edwards in between three players on the top of the 50, then wheels around and hits Lynch. Uh, it's a ballsy kick because he was under pressure himself after he just burst away. But as a few people have sort of said in the media, the one thing everyone's starting to notice is he's actually becoming a lot more confident with these ball handling and his skills backing himself he knows where the goals are, obviously, and he's taking those passes. Uh, he's getting more involved in those link-up plays. And, yeah, the, the thing that stood out for me with him and his running, 
is even if he's not directly near the player with the ball, he's actually looking two or three possessions ahead to get to that next spot to put that person under pressure. Um, and the play, that's why he catches people out because they don't expect that. They see they're in a bit of space. They don't expect him to be on on right on him, you know, a second after they've got the ball. So he, he's come a long way. And look, granted, there's still a lot of development and growth for him to go, but shit, he's only 19 and he's doing this already. And we've said it a few times on this show, but he makes our side 10 times better as an overall pressure gauge when he's on the park. Unquestionable. Um, yeah. Just want to think, sub, subatomic tens raised the thing about Sonzi replacing Lambert. I'll just say this. Um, for those who are wondering about the improvement of um, Sonzi, he is actually getting mentored by Lambert. So um, take that for whatever it's worth. But if you wonder why this kid is really becoming a Richmond man, um, he has the ultimate Richmond man mentoring him right now, and it's paying dividends. The only question I have on Sonzi is why he has the hairstyle of a 40-year-old accountant. <laughs> that, that side part and everything, mate. You're a kid. You know, should spruce it up. Shave it down, maybe it's strong. Yeah. I, I would rather him keep it really basic than go full Ginevan blonde uh, out there type style. Now, Sonzi, absolutely loving him. I was talking to Tix today on the phone, and you know, everyone who listens to this show will know that he was calling for Sonzi to come in weeks and weeks and weeks before he came in. Uh, and not, not the only one, mind you. A lot of people saw the same kind of traits, but he, he is 100% a, um, a much better player in AFL than what he's going to be in VFL. He, his composure, decision-making, um, gets the ball on both both sides of his body, CB. He's, he's showing very, very good signs. And I, I dare say there'll be a lot of clubs out there who are going to be kicking themselves that they uh, overlooked him given he was touted top five at one point. Remember when Essendon were claiming they won the draft with Hobbs? Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, and the thing with Sonzi I noticed is he was really noticeable in the first half when the game wasn't sort of blown away. Yeah. Um, so it, when, when the game was at its hardest for us is when he was most industrious. I thought that was pretty telling as well. I'll give um, Tiger 71 a little bit of love. Uh, he put out a couple of tweets which really resonated with me um, yesterday. Uh, he's talked about how we've blooded, you know, the five people, you know, Sonzi, Miller, MJ, Cumberland, Gibkus, right? They're all coming through. We're regenerating on the run. And the other thing that he said was that outside of the youth coming through, which is so bright, We've learned how to win without Dusty, which is really important. Now, when Dusty comes back, he's the icing on the cake. He, we're not relying on Dusty for what we're doing to happen. He will be the icing. And Scary. I don't know if people have even thought about that much more than maybe what teacher said. Not, no one's talking about him. They're saying, oh, Hampshire. They're not talking about what he adds when he comes back. We've done this without him. Exactly right. And, you know, you, you listen to all the players in the media. There was an interview with Baker today, I think it was. Um, that They're all pretty adamant that he's coming back in finals. So whether they're just feeding us what we want to hear is, is obviously left to remain to be seen. But when you see the images of Dusty in the change rooms after the game, he's doing all the training stuff, uh, I think the media can now eat some humble pie because he, he's definitely invested in what we're doing. He's, he's still around. He's there. And, my God, if he comes in finals time, um, fit, fresh, 
There's obviously could be an element of rust, which is the, the worrying point. You don't want it to be at the, at the, at the expense of a kid and upset the apple cart. Um, but yeah, if he can come in and be the icing on top of the cake, that's a very dangerous prospect for the other clubs inside the eight CB. Yeah, 100%. Sorry, I just received a text message. I was just responding. Apologies. I mean, I mean, Castagna was a sub, so I'm sure there's room for him. Yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah, it's a, an obvious choice, and it's a good call, Richard Jenny. Dusty's going to Sydney to kick a bag against him. That's the that's the only time he's going up there. Uh, Grok, I was about to braise this man's name, Nick Floston. Uh, really, no, none of us thought he was going to play. Even when he was named, we thought that we were just playing funny buggers, uh, giving him every chance to, but. The fact he got up after that knock, he he played an incredible game. Showed no fear. I'm sure he had uh, rib padding on, no doubt, but he was exceptional, EJ. Uh, sorry, I was reading it. I was reading it, uh, a note on the side. I, I missed the last bit of that. About I don't know if it's true or not. Bogo put up there. It's the year of the tiger. Is that a fact? It is. Oh, the reality is, um, I heard. I think it might have been. Is it Grant Thomas or oh, that was Ross Lyon? Ross Lyon described Nick Floston. He said he's brave in the mind and he's brave in the body. And he said that during the call of um, the Brisbane game. And obviously knows his stuff because when you look at what Floston did on the weekend, backing up after the hit he copped, that's exactly what he is. You couldn't describe him any better, I don't reckon. I didn't see any padding. Was there any padding? I didn't see. I read that someone said they noticed it, but, yeah, I'm not – I can't confirm myself, but uh, I'm sure someone may have seen it. But super effort to, uh, to to play after that knock and to keep playing without with that same courage. Spook said he's no Darcy Burn Jones. He's no Darcy Burn Jones. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't mention the war guys. That's just. Oh. Uh, what about Benjamin? Is it Benjamin Button? Was he the one who aged backwards? Trent Cochin? Oh. As, as an he went back to the clock the last month. Jesus. He actually, you, you know what? He actually had a really good year last year. When we was playing like a pack of busted bottoms, he was um quite good for us. And to me, he's really just going on from how he finished last year. I think he's had a wonderful year, not just the last month. I think he's been a very credible football footballer for us. And he's um going out with a bit of gas in the tank. I love it. 17 contested possessions, eight clearances, 30 disposals. Is, is he maybe a little bit off the leash because he's not having to do the defensive work to cover for Dusty a little bit? Maybe. I was about to put up a different thought that has Onus gone back onto him with Grimes being out to pick up some slack to help Nank and he's kind of just playing how he was. I don't know. It's really weird, but he, his last month has been exceptional, leading from the front in all facets. Oh, yeah, the missiles. And, yep. And sci-fi, that's not far off, mate. In rare Brownlow form, he is absolutely slaughtering them in there. Um, I, I do worry when I see him bolting after blokes with his hamstring. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit of heart and mouth type stuff. But, yeah, he's gotten through really well. And where whether he thinks it's one last hurrah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But whatever he's doing, keep doing it because it makes us such a better team. Yeah. Um, ben Miller. I think, for all intents and purposes, has taken Soldo's spot. Um, yeah. We've now got someone who, and I don't know how many people know this, but in under in under eighteen football, Miller was a ruck. He was a part time ruck, so it's not foreign to him. And you can tell by watching him at the game, his ability to actually direct taps to our midfielders was actually very, very good. 
He's got a good leap on him. He's agile around the ground, can mark and kick. And like we said before, if his Ruckman goes forward to try and expose us, well, Miller's a well-trained defender who can cope with that quite comfortably. I think we look a better side with him in versus Soldo. Yep. Mate, more better leap, more versatile, better mark, better kick. Um, and not currently taking a lot more boxes. Uh, sorry, AJ? No, and not as lumbering, like yeah. Soldo's the old-fashioned lumbering Ruckman. Um Miller's got af- – af- oh, look, what an athlete, as Luke Darcy would say. Um, yeah, he's more athletic as well. And he can play both ends of the ground. Like, even he went yeah. forward on the weekend, he was quite um, quite challenging for the Hawthorne defence. Spotted it. Never looked like yeah. this. Very good mark, too. I'd be interested to see what everyone in the chat thinks, whether you would rather surround Soldo or Miller in your team. But I think from a balanced perspective, I think we've got it right at the moment. Yeah, and, and – What's he played? 10 games, 12 games? It's not many. Um, I think in the last two or three weeks, you've really seen um, that now that he's got to run, he's got the confidence. You know, there's, you know, last year when you put him in for the last game of the season, it was okay, but there's a little bit of hesitation. The more you play, the more you get comfortable with the speed, with the players around you, 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 you're happier to make your own decisions or whatever. Um, He's got the confidence, like Morris Rowley Jr., a few games in, just to feel like you belong gives you an extra 5 or 10% in performance anyway. And it's really noticeable. He looks great. And the, the other thing, guys, like I know we, we spoke about Tom Lynch, but we actually haven't spoken about who I think we would agree was actually best on ground. Tom Lynch wasn't the best on ground for us. Michael, so, um, how do you find the human meatballs game, Dion Prestia? With 30 disposals, oh, 11 clearances, and one snag. Yeah, it's just below average game for him these days. No, he, he was exceptional. Um, the importance he plays in our side, like we've said before, can't be understated. So he is our key midfield driver. And some made a good point before about Prestia being fit and firing allows Koch to do what he does, which allows Graham and Sonzi to do what they do. And it's just that role-playing effect that sort of filters through the team. But, but you know, he's not quick by any stretch, but he's running ability to get to the right spots all the time um, is sensational. And, yeah, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later with the ins and outs, but I'm really in two minds about what to do with him this week. Yeah, there's, there's a bit going on. There's a bit going on. And um, we mentioned one Rioli, but it would be bad of us to not mention the other. Dan Rioli is... If he's not a lock for All-Australian halfback, I know it's just an award. I get it's not the end of the world. But isn't he putting together some some type of a year? There was a really nervous period where he um, contested a ball on the wing and he got up limping and everyone's like, oh, shit. But he, he ran it out. He went back to position and, and went again. He's repeat efforts uh, off the chart, a, along with Morris. But um, like we said, his actual defensive work, EJ, is what's gone to another level. I know his offensive stuff was always good, and he's picking his marks, he's running hard, but he's tackling, he's spoiling, all that kind of stuff. He's just developed a really well-rounded game. Yep, and, and actually, finally, it's getting noticed and it's getting commented on in the call. The commentators on the weekend were there, and they actually gave him his due credit for his defensive side as well. You know, you... When we talk matchups every week, we talk about who he's going to go to. From the from the the dual um, responsibilities of 
quelling that person, but also running off them and making them accountable as well. And that double-sided ability makes uh, makes a huge difference, not just to us, but to how the opposition play. And CB, so, it wasn't that long ago where everyone was kind of thinking, okay, Bash is going to retire soon. Who do we replace him with? And I don't think anyone in their wildest dreams would have thought it would have hit us in the face this quickly. That's oh, credit to the coaching team for recognising an opportunity and being able to reshape his game to the um, player that he is now. So <clears throat> wonderful, wonderful from the coaching staff to do it and wonderful from reality to take it up and um, excel. It's been wonderful. Uh, good question from Cameron. Anyone know what uh, Graham's ankle situation's like? He obviously got subbed off. Do we know if it was a bad one or was it something minor? Has anyone ever has anyone heard anything? I haven't heard it. No. I just saw it being anyway. nice. Haven't heard anything yet. Okay, okay. Um, what other plays do you want to talk about? Nank had another good game. Thought he was he was good again, but I don't know. It, just an overall team performance. It was just a very satisfying team performance. Did have to laugh at the who's the number twenty four defender for Hawthorne. Who decided to try a bit of push and shove on Lynchy after he had six kicked on him? Like, come on, mate. Was was that Denver Granger Barras? Oh, didn't he have a shock? He just hand a jumper in, mate. That was <laughs> that was terrible. Uh Graham's ankle minor. Okay. That's good. That's good. John Skurlock has said uh combo. Oh, yeah, good call, John. Right. He's and, and someone, I think it might have been on Twitter, someone said his ability to get the ball to a person who scores. That was me. Yes. Was that you? There you go. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was, you, you go through Twitter so much and it all just bang, bang, bang. But yeah, together. Yeah, there was a couple of real, real good uh, score involvements, I think they call them now, um, or even straight out assists. Uh when you don't have your biggest game and still kick two snags and get involved in the others as well, fantastic. He's always in the right spot, CB. And even that, that set shot goal he kicked on the wrong side for left footer, he is a great kick for goal. i tell you what, I just get really – it looks like he's going to kick the ball at a 90-degree angle with his run-up. He doesn't side skip and <clears throat> straightens up. But, um, <clears throat> hey, it's whatever works, I guess. And right now it's working for him. Um been a wonderful, wonderful addition to the squad. He's this year's towner, I guess. He'd almost call him, wouldn't he? Like he's um he's tackling, he smashes him into tackles, he's slotting them, he's taking the grabs. Um no, no, he's got good, he's got good footy IQ as well. Like he's yeah, he's a very yes, multi dimensional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm loving him. And look, maybe there was valid reasons to keep him out of the team as long as he was, but um, he's settled in well, and obviously he signed a contract during the week along with Sonzi and Miller. So very good to see those three boys uh, sign on as well, especially in the form they're in too. Terrific, terrific vote of confidence for the uh, coach who apparently had lost the players. If you listen to Caroline Wilson and a few others, you know. Oh Jesus, yeah. Um. All right, before we go to some questions for the audience, I think we now that we're locked into finals. There's obviously a couple of outcomes here at play, and uh, I've actually gone to the trouble of doing a slideshow. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just punched in a couple of numbers for the ladder predictor. 
So just looking at some of the results come or the games coming up. So oh, I'm not sure if that part's in the way or not. If uh, Brisbane beat Melbourne, Frio beat the Giants, if we beat Essendon, Bulldogs beat Hawthorne, Collingwood beat Carlton and Sydney beat St Kilda, which is all fair and reasonable, that would have us playing Melbourne at the MCG. Uh, I'm not sure how we all feel about that particular outcome. The second up, sort of outcomes I had were if Melbourne were to beat Brisbane, so if that one flips, Frio still to beat the Giants, us to still beat Essendon, Bulldogs to still beat the Hawks, Collingwood to still beat Carlton and Swans to still win, that that would give us Brisbane up at the Gabba. So it feels like, do I have three? I do have three. There we go, I've got three slides. And the uh, the third one I had was Melbourne to beat Brisbane, Frio, Richmond, Bulldogs, and then I switched to Carlton beating Collingwood. Um, which we don't want for the lols, uh, as we spoke about at the start of the show. But if that were to happen, that would put us against Collingwood at the G. Now, that would be an amazing final Richmond versus Collingwood to have to, to have a game at the G where three of the last, you know, five flags have been won by one of those teams would be, uh, would be pretty special. But um, if you had to pick one of those outcomes, I know there's probably multiple other ones that I haven't factored in, but... Who would, in order of preference, who would you rather play in a first final? Like we can talk about Oakland, even though there's one round left. I know we're still at Essendon, but we can start to talk about these kind of things. I want us to get Brisbane just to see Fagan's head explode as we roll them on their home deck. I'd love to roll Brisbane up there; It'd be amazing. I want the D's because I reckon they are in shocking form at the moment. Carlton. Um, Carlton Dees was an interesting game, but it showed me what is going wrong with Melbourne. They're really struggling to move the ball at the moment. Um, I don't know if anyone watches first crack, but uh, the stats on them and their ball movement from the defensive 50 into the forward 50 uh, give me the Dees. I reckon we'd strangle the absolute crap out of them. Yeah, see, I, for some reason, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I thought I always had the D's down as the one I'd rather not play because if they get their game style up and going, it's very quick and chaotic, similar to ours, and it might undo us a little bit. Mm. But on dead set, their movement's fallen off a cliff. They were number one AFL for the first six or seven rounds. Then they dropped to about ninth. They're number 17 in transition from defensive 50 to forward 50 at the moment. That's not something that you can... F- click overnight. If they don't get it right this week against Brisbane, they're not going to be able to turn it around in time for the first final. And So, so do, you reckon, do you reckon they peak too early? No. I, I, reckon teams, I reckon teams have worked out, worked them out and worked out a way to slow them down. If you look at they kicked away in the middle of last year and they were pretty much what they not, they were hardly had a loss in the first half of this year. They've lost seven out of their last 12 or something like that, or five out of their last 12. They've not had a good run in the last three months. I think teams have worked them out to a certain degree. Uh, as someone else put in here, CB, the, the other alternative outcome, which is still a live possibility, is if GWS beat Fremantle and Collingwood beat Carlton, then we would play Fremantle in Perth. So it's probably the, the lesser likely outcome out of all of them. But even if that was to eventuate, how would you I'd feel about playing Fremantle in Perth? I'd love that too. Honestly, I really, I don't really hold any fear for any um, teams around us. To be honest, I think, I think on our day, um, we're an irresistible force. <clears throat> so, 
as someone said earlier, whoever, wherever, doesn't matter. Bring them on. Oh, agree. 100% agree. And I think that's, it's no secret that our best football will be more than competitive against anyone that we play against. And it's it's nice to see that we're hitting form at the right time of year as well. We're getting our shit together. The forward line's potent. Everything's clicking. Um, yeah. You know, if you're another team in the eight, you'd be a little bit nervous, I reckon, EJ. Yeah, you would. Um, I just... Looks like CB's had his annual Botox shots today. <laughs> well, where's that one? Who said that? That's rough. Uh, that's rough. Just just the letter A. They didn't want to identify themselves, which is a bit gutless. But um, yeah, not, not yeah, no one wants to face us. No one wants to face us. Um, and I think I'm happy enough to go to Brisbane, as CB said, because I think they're meant. I think they're the softest underbelly in the A. I reckon they're mentally weak. And I reckon there is no way in the world that the, uh, the Lions can win four finals in a row. I know we can. No one wants to play us, but particularly no one wants to play us at the G. And, yes, yeah, so I think, yeah, Sydney and Sydney is one you want to try to avoid. But um, I think we can end up with maybe two or three games potentially at the G if we go that far. And every way I worked it out, resulted in a prelim against Geelong. I think just because of the side of the draws we're going to end up on, which um, which would bring a smile to a few people's faces, I think, because it should be funny if we could do that again. Long way to go, I know. don't want to think too far ahead. But when you map it all out, uh, the, the path's there. So it's, yeah, going to be an interesting interesting round. CB's muted himself. i got a question for the audience. Given, um, I'm curious to see what people think now that we've made finals and given that we're doing it with sort of, you know, around about five debutants this year, what do they think is the pass mark for the year? Is winning a final their pass mark? Well, now we're in finals, what the expectation is, prelim or bust. I'd love to know what now people's expectations are now that we've made it. What do they reckon? So, what do you reckon? What's your thought? Oh, look, to be honest, I think if we can win a final um, with Cumberland, Sonzi, all those guys in there, I think that's been a tremendous achievement given uh, we're rebuilding on the run. I really I really like that. But, hey, if you're in it, try and go as deep as you can, I guess. Yep. Um, I think it's unlikely that we win it, but... If any team is going to come from the bottom half of the eight, it will be us. Uh, it's unlikely that we win it, but we can win it. So I definitely think we need to win the first final for it to be considered a pass. Yep. And not to mention the amount of experience that would probably add value to for these young guys. It's almost worth, someone put it here before, it's almost worth 10 games of experience, isn't it, with these young kids playing? And you know, you can't, for me, you can't take them out of the side too when it comes to finals time. If they're in form, and I think we've gotten to where we are because of the enthusiasm and, and what they've brought to the team, we've got to stick to what works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Adrian uh, Glowry or Glory has made a great point. The week off definitely suits the teams outside the top four more. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If we... If we win it from outside the top four, um, you know that you know that's going to go next year, don't you? I'll scrap that. 
the bye. Oh, the yep. week off, yeah. We'll go. If we win, we'll go. Uh, All right, start um, viewers, start thinking up some questions. We'll take some questions from you shortly before we do that, and then we'll have a look at the Essendon game. Uh, the other question I want to raise with you guys about finals in particular, well, and this week it kind of rolls into it, but there's a decision to be made around what the playing list looks like for this week, and I just want to see what everyone's thoughts are on do you go full strength or do you manage a few players who may be a bit tired and sore, or is it just a case of if you're sore and got a slight niggle, you rest, otherwise carry on? I'll, ask, I'll, I'll answer your question with a question. Does Essendon have a coach by Saturday? <laughs> who knows? Heppel could be captain coach at this, right? Depends on who at Channel 7 that you ask, who will never be held to account. I reckon that they've actually... You can't tell me that Channel 10 and Neil Mitchell went with the fact that he's gone, and then they said, oh, no, 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 not gone, not gone. We're going to do an external review, and we're looking closely at everyone. That's just code for... We didn't want it to get out and we'll sack him on our own terms. Yeah. I reckon he'll coach this week and be gone in the couple of weeks after. Yeah. Yeah. Look, my, my gut is, look, the one thing people need to think back to our premiership years is just how critical Toby Nankervis is to us in finals. <clears throat> and I, I just think... Essendon's a just, excuse my language, but they are a dead set shit truck. They are a rabble. They are like Richmond in our darkest days, very Richmondy. Um, it, it is, trust me, I'm saying this is, it's wonderful, right? There is no, I'm going to go for we, we can't lose to this rabble, right? So I would feel comfortable if we were to, if Nank and Prestia, and maybe, you know, if there's another guy with a bit of a knock on him, but if it's real, he's got a crook foot. If it's three three, three blokes that are critical to our chances moving forward that need a, a, a bit of a break, I wouldn't have any beef in that because you could replace Nankervis with Soldo, you know, um, you know, bring Jack Ross in for Jack Graham. Um, like I said, yeah, I, that's what I think anyway. I can see the pros and cons with both sides. Obviously, winning form is good form, and you would hate to flirt with it and put in a real shit one against Essendon, and it might sort of mentally damage uh, the playing group for the final. But you obviously got the week off as well, and I know there's also a part of me that thinks we shouldn't live in fear too much. Like, if an injury, it's hard. You don't want to lose someone like a Presti or a Cotter or a Lynch because they're so pivotal to our side. But I know winning football is good football, and creating good habits is a huge thing to do. So... I think I think if someone's actually sore and is playing through it, rest them. If they're not and they're a gun play and we happen to get a lead out like we did against the Hawks, manage the minutes. Kind of like we did that against Hawthorne in, in some respects anyway, didn't we? With the, the last 10, 15 minutes, our bench was pretty stacked. So I'm not sure what that right answer is. So it's going to be interesting to see what they uh, what they come up with. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, we'll get to some listener questions. First one from the Richmond Journey. He's got a question. With Cameron out, Hawkins is obviously going to cop a bit more heat with the defenders, which is a good call. Can Lynch kick 10 in the cold? What's his... I should get the numbers up. What's his... Yeah. Uh, he's he's six six boys. I'll have a look. I think he's seven behind. I think he's seven behind. Seven right behind, I think. Yeah. 55 to 62, I think. Was that, is that right? 
I'm just bringing yeah, up stats yeah. now on another screen. It's very close. Keep sending your questions through, folks. We'll answer as many as we can. Um, as much as I think it would be hilarious, uh, no. Don't reckon he will? No. So An Essendon supporter tweeted me and said, if we play Hurley, Lynch will get the Coleman. So if they send him off on a retired <laughs> farewell game, he said he will get the Coleman. <laughs> he, he's 100% playing this week, I reckon. I'll give him a farewell game. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, it's oh. 62 55. He's seven behind Charlie Kerno. Uh, second question from Dario. Right now, if Dusty was to come back in, who goes out? I feel I know George. what the universal answer will be. Yep. George. 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 And, so and the Ed, second the secondary question. Edwards moved to something. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was the second part of my question. Yeah. And to be fair to Edwards, he had a reasonably good game on the weekend, but I still think uh, come the point again, the perfect role for him will be sub if Dusty is back playing. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it suits him to a T. Uh, it's a bit pick slow to that back. We'll, we'll work on that. It was a quick, quick fire drop before the show. <laughs> a few people say don't be surprised when Rutten returns to Tigerland, which is interesting. <clears throat> Uh, from Fargo the Grey, it's not Richmond related, that's okay, it doesn't have to be. I'd uh, love to know our thoughts on whether Tassie should be given a team. I'm a yes, I think they Absolutely. should have been the logical choice before Gold Coast and before GWS. They've got the stadiums. The fact that it's been touted they've got to spend 700 mil to build a new stadium to me is bullshit and reeking of excuses to not give them the license. They've got the stadiums there, they've got the supporter base there. It's a, it's a no brainer. What a load of shit! They're already playing AFL games there. The grounds yeah. are of a standard. That's just garbage. If they can afford to keep pumping that money into a team like Gold Coast with 8,000 members and four people watching them, surely we can get a team up in Tassie, a football heartland. The, home of, the home of Richo, Disco, Royce Hart, Jack, Nag. And as you know, it's obviously unlikely they'll have a team in the next one or two years, obviously. But if they did, I would be certain that Jack Arrow would play for them. Absolutely lock it in. Uh, anyway, next question from Lee Dusty back for first final. I reckon that's as good as locked in. Assuming there's there's no further re injury, I reckon the great man will be back, will be back for the first final. Uh, Actually, can I just put out? Can I just put something out there as well? Yeah. Um, Richmond has a knack of doing big announcements before finals. And I'm, to quote Mick Malloy, I'm willing to wager that we will announce the resigning of Rioli on the eve of finals. And Baker and Bolton potentially. I know Baker did. Bolton has already signed. But I just reckon before finals, just remember the the mail broke sort of three weeks out that Rioli was close to, you know, it all pretty much been done. Let's just see if we don't announce a major re-signing on the Eva finals. Uh, I agree with that. I think I think Tiggs even mentioned that as well a while ago. That not to be shocked if it comes out closer to that time. Yeah. Uh, struggle town. Well, Carly, we didn't touch on this one. Will uh, Marlon get reimbursed by the AFL after the, the Crips getting off to Parkle? <laughs> the size just, says it all. You know what? I was going to do a bloodbath and absolutely roast the MRP. <laughs> They wonder why people get so frustrated with the game and are so confused by the rulings and there's genuine angst out there in the football community. That summed up everything, Crips getting off. When they say, the head is sacrosanct, da-da-da-da, 
Cripps absolutely poleaxes a bloke, knocks him out. He can't play next week. And yet due to a legal technicality, Cripps is able to play. And the skeptic and the cynic in me says it was to protect betting markets. That was a big factor in him getting off because Cripps is one of the Brownlow favourites. Well, there was a North Melbourne poster that put up a short clip and it was from like 2013 or something. And it was when Zeeble went through that bloke and he got four weeks. And you put the two clips side by side and they're almost identical. And yet, apparently, in the last eight years, we've come a lot further in protecting the player in the head. Yeah. Lip service. Mind-blowing. Yeah. And then Crouch cops a week. Anyway. Uh, from Mick, do we play Bolton as a forward only when Dusty's back or play both a Dusty-type role? I would be personally inclined to leave Bolton doing what he's doing and play Dusty deep forward. Uh, what a nightmare that would be. For opposition, I think Dusty would have to play forward more than midfield in terms of easing him back into it. Yeah, I think they can do the switcheroo. Uh, as has been um, pointed out, when Dusty plays and now when Shay is playing, they start in the centre square and then they drift and someone else takes their spot and they lose their opponent that way. So there's the, there's the ability to spin those two Exactly like that, and with and with uh, Dusty playing maybe seventy percent forward due to basic conditioning. I agree with um, Lachlan Smith. I don't, I don't see Dusty doing too much on the ball now. He's he's missed too much game time. I think, um, but I was really happy to see Bolton play a massive chunk of time in the, in the midfield against Hawthorne. I thought that was fantastic. So if Dusty comes back, more than happy for him just to play forward and um, create as much havoc as he can down there. Yeah, and uh, on Bolton, very quiet game from Bolton. Uh, Finnis McGuinness did a pretty good job on him. But uh, a positive is, uh, and um, the tail, Jones Racing uh, pointed this out to me, the positive is he was our leading tackler. So it just goes to show that even when He's not having the best game. He can affect it for us in other ways. Yep. All part of the learning. A few people put in the chat, um, if Grimes becomes available in finals, who would make way for him? I think that one's probably a bit more of a longer shot than Dusty, to be honest, just based on how recent the injuries and the severity of it. But if he was to come good, who, who, miss, who misses? Uh, I don't reckon he'll be back. Can I shoot Bambi? If you're going to say Gibkus? No. No? I I would leave the side as it is. Yeah. I, I wouldn't risk having a bloke who could blow up Reese Conker style in an elimination final in the first three minutes and throw everything to hell. Why do you have to beat up Reese Conker? I'm just saying, mate, we all remember that. If I just I think the risk is too great now. And Bolter behind the ball with Tarrant and Broad and the boys. Um very comfortable. I, I just hate the thought of playing. Yeah, that that injury, and he's done. That, that's his bad. That's the one he's done previously. So I, I'd be amazed if he gets back. To be honest, I think it's on the yeah, lower end of chances to come back in. But uh, yeah, I think, and you ha- can't forget as well that the guys playing in the back six now obviously built up a bit more chemistry, and it's rolling pretty well. So you don't want to upset that either. 
Ah, oh, so you only just started walking. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll take. Thank you for sending through your questions, folks. Much appreciated. Um, we'll take a look at the Essendon game coming up this weekend. They better just keep running. Just for this week, do us a favour. Don't get rid of him just yet. Don't take a leaf out of North Melbourne's book. Just let it ride. What's one more week going to do, all right? Uh, playing Essendon, CB, you had some stats on hand you want to run through about the Bombers? Yeah, look, just some season averages. So uh, if you look at uh, contested possessions, average at Essendon average 127, Richmond 136. Disposal efficiency, Essendon at 76%, Richmond at 72%. Clearances, both teams average 34 each. One percenters, Essendon 44, Richmond 54. But here's the big one. Disposals per goal, Essendon 32, Richmond 25. So, um, but again, we're talking season averages, but really if you're just looking at the last month of form, um, I think that's what counts at the moment. Yeah. Um, And on that... We won contested possession by 14 on the weekend. We won clearance by 12. Uh, and as far as Essendon being superior in disposal efficiency, when you play cheap scab footy, it's pretty easy to get your efficiency up. And that's what they do. Crabs. Yep. So where's the game won and lost? I know for all intents and purposes, we should be able to get on top of them here. Um or do you see? Is it? Do you see any? Do they pose any threat in any part of the ground to us that we need to address? Oh, you got two meter Peter. The guy's fifth on the Coleman, so he's um. You definitely got to stop him. Well, Tarrant kept him goalless last time, so I I dare say Tarrant will get the job again after after what he did in the, the first meeting. I just think if you've got a starving opportunity, mate, it all comes down to a half back line and midfield, just like we did. I've actually got an. I actually envisage it's going to be a similar game to how we played Hawthorne. If I'm honest with you, where's going to brutal it, brutal it forward? Yeah, I, I think with Cochin in the form that he's in, and with Prestia doing what he's doing, I think we'll absolutely smack them to the contest because that is an area where they've been weak for years. You know, Essendon when they get the game on their terms, they actually they're a good looking side, but when you when they have to get into the pit and get dirty, since Job's been gone, they've struggled at the coalface. So with the form that Koch is in, the form that Presti is in, I think we'll beat them at the coalface and, we'll, and that will take care of the game. And having said that, um, I did see, uh, I think it was Cat. Yeah, very good point. Draper's a very, very good kid. Um, mm. Really, really good ruckman. Rate him. Wouldn't, wouldn't want him in a Richmond jumper. He's a good kid. And he's got a sick mullet. Although Finn Layson did make him look second rate for a quarter, which isn't a good look if you're Sam Draper. Um, <laughs> overall, though, agree. Draper's a, a very good ruckman. So I suppose the real threat here is Essendon aren't going to want to put in another ship performance like they have the last couple of weeks. I know they might not have much choice because they haven't got good enough cattle, but um, they're going to want to respond. So are we expecting a bit more of a difficult, let's say, first quarter, quarter and a half? They're going to be, surely they're going to come out breathing fire. Yeah. And on this, at the same time, I would be really bitterly disappointed if it looks evident that our guys have walked into the game thinking it's going to happen. Yeah. I'll raise this point to you. Who would you tag in yesterday midfield? Who's going to give you? Who would give you a headache? Um, Merritt or Parish, I suppose. But you wouldn't tag him. Would you actually put any effort? Or would you just back your back your boys to defensively run against them and get it going the other way? Oh, 
we let we let Parish get forty something last time, didn't we? Yeah, you, you just go head to head. You wouldn't you wouldn't um, put an actual stopper or a negating role. You would just go head to head. That's their problem right there. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, Lee Middleton said we'll smack them on turnover as well, which is our game, and they won't chase. Um, and I saw some really damning footage on Sunday night on first crack. They are a one-way. When, when, when they've lost the game, so they might fight for a quarter, quarter and a half, but when they've lost the game, they are a disgrace going back the other way. They really are. If, if so we hit them hard... If we hit them hard in the first 40 minutes of the game and get like a six, seven goal break on them, mate, it's all over. Yeah. House of cards. Oh, punt road seal. Love it. <laughs> 6,500. <laughs> Actually, now, 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 that is, now that is something that I mean meaning to bring up. I was speaking to the tail again today. Uh, we need to hold a celebration. In the first week of finals, Essendon's finals drought will be old enough to have a beer. We need to take it to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> I think that was my favourite stat of the week. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, I like that. All right, looking at some matchups, looking at their, their back line. Laverde and Kelly and Ridley are probably going to have their hands full with Lynch and the Formies in and Rewalt and Cumberland. Um, do they have any possible? I just I really can't see how they're going to stop our three our three forwards. I, I don't have much to contribute. I think we're going to smash them. I literally, I literally think we're going to blitz these pricks on every line. Like, and that's not being cocky or disrespectful. I just think well, it is. No. No, 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 no. It's not disrespectful when it's a fact. Essendon are a dead set rabble off the field and it's now being reflected on the field. And we only know those symptoms and those signs all too well. They are in they can't wait for the for the season to finish, mate. They just want it over. So I we're gonna bash them. We're gonna bash them so good. It's gonna be amazing. Brock actually made a good point. Uh, Mason Redmond's had a great year. He's been yeah. really, really good off halfback. You watch how many yeah. times he laces one of our, our guys come off the half back line to be amazing. Mate, I'm giving <laughs> the guy a compliment. He deserves it. He's had a great year. Looks like the kid from Mask. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Well, with that, we'll get some uh, some margins and <laughs> kind of kind of likes the uh, the odd enough to have a beer guy. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Shows his mum. We'll, um, we'll get some tips, including margins. Chuck him into the chat as well. Pop a few up. Uh, Tiasta, I'm looking straight at you, my friend. EJ, what's what's the margin going to be for this one? Oh, I reckon we'll beat him by about 74 points. <laughs> All right. I CB. So. I, I, I'm with CB. I reckon we'll smash him. Lynch to kick 10 and to win the Coleman in the last round, and Tigers to win by 72 points. This makes me nervous because I, I don't disagree with anything anyone said, but I don't like feeling this way because you don't <laughs> want it to backfire. But, um, no, I think we'll keep rolling on with the uh, the form that we're in. Uh, I reckon we'll win by about 50 or 60 points. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than we expect in the first quarter and a half. 
Um, I think they're going to want to plays, just despite uh, despite the rutten situation. But um, I think after that, we might go all guns blazing. But as Grok said, and a few other people have said, the biggest thing we need to get out of this game is zero injuries. That is, that is the main thing that we need. <laughs> the pixel. <laughs> I'm going to live there all year now. <laughs> 120 plus. A lot of big margins in here, folks. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for jumping on tonight, gents. Uh, and as we mentioned at the top, there there is the possibility we'll be doing a live call on Sunday for the Carlton-Collingwood match to see how that one ends up. It, well, I'll say live call. We'll call it a, a live troll call um, just because there's a lot riding on that and there's going to be some very, very interesting comments if, uh, if the Pies get up and the Blues miss out. But we need the Bulldogs to win first. So... If the Bulldogs don't win, there's no point doing it, I don't think. But um, they're the game before, I think. So if they if they get up, then uh, we could be a, could be a goal for a, a cheeky live show on the Sunday, to, just to hopefully have a laugh at Carlton's expense. Um, Lee Middleton Lynch by fifty five points. Lynch by fifty five points. <laughs> no, no, Lee's on to something. Like Lynch should have outscored Hawthorne. Is there any chance Lynch could actually outscore Essendon? There is yes. a chance. There is absolutely a chance. <laughs> so, so, so the Bulldogs game kicks off at one ten, right? Yeah. Yes. So we'll pretty much know by half time whether we're all systems go or not. Yeah, yeah. So all, if anyone's interested in it, maybe just keep an eye on our socials and we'll uh, we'll put it out there. It'll be it'll end up being very last minute because it does hedge on the the Bulldogs game. Um, but yeah, hopefully. Hopefully they get over the line and make things a little bit more interesting. So, just loosen yeah, those strides off, EJ. By about three quarter time, if they're up. Just loosen the strides. <laughs> just get ready to go. Hand lotion. <laughs> Something soft. Uh, you know, sock. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big game this week. Get through, no injuries, and let's uh, crack on the finals and trade show Monday night next week with Tiggs, and we'll get some of the other guys on as well. And we'll talk about finals and, and all things Richmond, whatever the viewers want. Um, and yeah, let's let's all enjoy the last week of the season before we get stuck into another big boy month. Fantastic. Sounds great. All right. And uh until next time, go tigers. Go tigers. Go tigers.